1: Hello, welcome to Manchester's Red Podcast from Manchester Evening News, I'm Rich Fay. I'm delighted to say I'm joined today on ACAST for the first time ever as well, make sure you subscribe and give us all those juicy numbers going forward um, Samuel Luckhurst, nice to have you here Nice to be here, thank you As always, and Kieran, nice to have you here as well
0: Juicy, yeah
1: <laughs> A juicy start, and you two were, you had the privilege of going down to Wembley on the weekend, can't ignore that, United booked their place in the FA Cup final another good performance and it was a good sort of contrast to see how far United have come even in the last few months compared to their last visit to Wembley where Spurs totally sort of wiped the floor of United.
2: Absolutely, I think you could um, bookend that game with the game at the weekend and despite the severe debacle in between there's an awful lot um, of positivity about United and that they have beaten four of the top six sides in, in that period I think now and in three of those they came from behind that used to be their kryptonite under Mourinho, they were terrible at uh, winning games from losing positions but I think in the last couple of months they've won as many games from losing positions as they had in the previous 21 months under Mourinho, which is quite remarkable so they've attained this resilience about them and at the weekend I think there are certain players like Pogba and Sanchez who at times they can really get on supporters' mm-hmm. nerves because there's a frustration there, I think supporters know how how brilliant they can be and if they don't perform it's suddenly why isn't Rashford playing why isn't Marshall playing um but they never go into hiding and, and Sanchez I, th- I think Pogba was the one who got nutmegged by Trippier quite early on in the game and then it, it seems as though Dembele was trying to humiliate him as well when he was trying to shimmy past him and it was almost in that moment where Pogba brushed him off and clipped that pass into Sanchez that's the golfing talent there and for Pogba personally, after Dembele ran that game in in January with with Kieran, uh, not Kieran Dyer, Eric <laughs> Dyer, um, it's that 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 was quite satisfying. And with Sanchez, that was by far and away his best best game for United. I mean, he I think everybody knows that he he always tries hard no matter yeah. what, anyway. And and certainly in the derby, he had a a pretty shambolic first half, but in the second half was absolutely superb and I think there's despite having quite a variable start looking at him going into next season as Kieran wrote recently he won't have a summer tournament to play at yeah. you'd certainly expect an awful lot of him um, because United really do need to challenge for the league next season credibly anyway
1: yeah it's interesting what you said there goes about Sanchez he's had such a hefty schedule in the last few years as well Chile having back-to-back Copa America so I think he had the um, the Confederation's capital so, um, so, yeah. so he's never really he's been a while since he's had a good summer off and like you said the, the foundation is definitely there for him to get even better next season of course it was never in doubt he was going to score at Wembley was it Kieran?
0: No it's a remarkable record isn't it I mean a header as well yeah. it kind of reminds you of that messy goal um, against United <laughs> yeah. a few years he's ago you know so, someone kind of small yeah. and it kind of pauses and yeah he, he's he's um, it was it was an odd one because you, you kind of thought Tottenham, they, they'd they um, gone 10 minutes without conceding, mm-hmm. and given how quickly Tottenham scored in the January game, you're like, oh, it's already progress, and they seemed to be holding their own, and then Tottenham just you know split them open, and you had all those kind of um, narratives, like Papa jogging back to track back Young being in no man's Land. You could kind of feel, like in the City game, that there were people preparing the digs, already um, before halftime had come round. And it was just, you know, A, uh, the run of Sanchez, B, the the ball for Pogba. No one else in the United team could have put a cross in like that and um, again, it's it's like in City where you had Sanchez putting the ball in for Pogba and now you've seen uh, Pogba putting it in for Sanchez. So that's really um, exciting for United fans that they've only been together, you know, three or four months and already that understanding I don't think Pogba even needed to look up when he hit it. Mm-hmm. It was it was a brilliant pass. So, um, I think you can build your team around those two, and that's probably what um, Mourinho's thinking. That's why he doesn't need another four because there's a balance in that attack. Um, and I, I think there were so many positives. I uh, under Herrera is another one who you know he just thought um, at times he'd really what was he doing that earlier in the season, but. Past, you know, I think of the Bournemouth game, the Spurs game, uh, the City game. He's he's come in after an injury, and he's he's almost been like a new signing for that team because that four through three just looks like the template to take forward. And there's a lot to be positive about again. And you're just wondering, uh, um, surely there won't be a setback around the corner where they, you know, <laughs> against Arsenal or something. But um, they go into as Conte said as FA Cup favourites.
1: Yeah, it was very complimentary. The mind games have started already yeah. as well from Conte, which is got to be exciting. Um, while, of course, it was United's attack and brilliance that sort of proved the difference on the day, United's defence dealt with Spurs quite well after that sort of shaky first 20 minutes or so of them. They did really well. and Chris Smalling, of course, grabbed the headlines for having a certain player in his pocket.
2: Well, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, the funny thing about that was, as somebody said, the, the FA are bigging Smalling up. Yeah, yeah. the guy, the FA have... Um, got into manage the England team doesn't want him anywhere near the yeah. England squad and there's Harry Kane who's like the great white hope of of England I mean the, what I was slightly surprised about it was not so much I mean ok it was surprising they did the tweet but also I thought Jones was, yeah, was the say, better of yeah. the two centre-halves um, in the game and there was that that shot at the end where I can't remember if it was a goal kick or a set-piece but it was in like the 94th, 95th well, minute yeah. and yeah. Jones and Smalling were pretty much celebrating right on top of Harry Kane who just looked knackered. Um, they, they completely neutered him and it's it's pretty well documented that Kane's record against United is it's a pretty poor one. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the one goal which was in the, the last White Hart Lane game. Um, but early on, I, I think the one thing you would say is that Saturday is an example of why United are looking at, hopefully from their perspective, signing two full-backs mm-hmm. because they did look a team that had two auxiliary full-backs in uh, that defence um, one of the other reporters was saying at half-time that he'd got grief because he'd alluded to the possibility that Pogba might have been culpable for Ali's goal um, because he was he was quite out of position but it was clearly Young who was who was blameworthy for that. I think United were trying to press quite high and it was almost as if Young got a little bit carried away with that. Uh, and Valencia, you rarely see him get done uh, by, by wingers but Son seems to seems to have his number and I think Tottenham might be a bit gutted that they didn't exploit him more than they did uh, on, on Saturday. But l- l- those two aside, I think you know, Matic is usually quite solid and reliable. I think Herrera, as, you, as Kieran was saying, he's, he's had a pretty poor season. I mean, his, his form has plummeted, certainly after last season. But just approaching the stadium on Saturday, United fans were singing his name, which I saw as an indication that his approval ratings are pretty high again. Um, and, and obviously the change in lyrics as well, about the, the city crest as well. So uh, that's that's helped his, uh, his his popularity. But he is a player who I think is always he's just tailor made for four three three. And Mourinho has been re- reluctant to play in certain games this season. And I think you go back to the, the that Chelsea game where at Stamford Bridge where he tried to be quite bold yeah. with his approach, and it just didn't really suit that United side on the day. And Herrera and Matic were left a bit exposed by by Mkhitaryan, um, who, who was anonymous. So it, there are, there's definite, um, there are definite positives from the defensive side. But you still look at it and you think, yeah, United. I mean, they they want a defensive midfielder. Yeah. They want two full backs, and there's a good chance they could get a centre half in as well. So it, it doesn't necessarily reflect um, how, how miserly they've been at times this season. But again, I think that's you. De Gea didn't have a lot to do at the weekend, but for the majority of the season, there have been games where he has saved them points. Yeah, so again, it sort of highlights just how
1: important De Gea has been this season, but also how, how much that has progressed, considering that. The obvious vulnerability that every team that faces them know they have uh, at full back. You know if you can get it United, you'll cause them problems. Like you said, I like said, Son early on had uh, the beat in the beating of Valencia really and was a couple of times. Where Jones had to cover in the centre to get the ball away. Um, like Sam alluded to there, Kieran, There's been two sort of contrasting performances against Chelsea this season. Mm-hmm. Albeit the most recent one was a fantastic performance by United again, and again where Lukaku really sort of came of age in that one. Um, looking ahead to the Cup final, Mourinho will he know his best eleven already?
0: Yeah, it's kind of shifted because he. I know that Spurs reverse game that was he'd settled on that lineup. Mm -hmm. It was the same one he used in the game against Newcastle, and then he went back to the drawing board after that. And Martial's obviously been the one who's who's missed out as a result. But um, I think for that game, yeah, it'd be a big surprise. You know, if if wasn't fit, I don't think he needs to necessarily make many changes. It, It was quite settled, but. I think if you can get by back for that, whatever's happened, it was, it was quite bizarre. He wasn't in the match day squad, he was on the bench against Bournemouth, I think. And
2: there is there will be a story on that on Tuesday. Oh. Oh, not Tuesday, <laughs> we're, we're talking on Tuesday on Wednesday, yeah. 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 It's nice but team. it's 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 it's, it's, a, a it's not negative.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you would think if he's uh, gets through this story um that he'll he'll be the one you bring in, but otherwise um, just has that right balance. But I think the, the chelsea game was obviously a turning point for for so many people with Lukaku um, and united in general um when you think chelsea had started that game so well martha uh, hit the crossbar after a minute um william was running the show hazard had a quiet game imagine if he was playing well they could have been out of sight but that was the first of you know you know all the last 10 games that've come back and of them and um, that mentality is, is so strong there and you can just see in so many gestures. there was that thing with McTominay in the tunnel or Valencia's you know like <laughs> a, t- a, a, so- a soldier <laughs> a soldier and McTominay isn't even in the squad so he had right to be oh, What is is Fellaini ahead of me in the, yeah. in the, on the bench and he was he was you know being a, a good teammate and a good squad member so there's that kind of feeling now that this is very much a Mourinho team um, and that this winning this cup can can take them one step closer to taking again more momentum to next season it's just what you need to catch City. I think, personally, it's gonna be in City's hands. City's rival is themselves, if that makes sense, that it's only if their performance dipped, in some ways, can they catch them, because I don't think, um, as I've said before, United spending 200 million is, is necessarily gonna be it. It's, it's gonna be a, a, a lot of factors to catch them, but I think end of the season, uh, second with FA Cup, it's progress, albeit, you know, it, it could have been more. Yeah. You think of those games. I think a little bit they could they could have, as he said, or I'm um, kind of surprised he admitted, they could have had 10 more points in the league. And obviously they could have gone into the quarters in Champions League. They might have gone out to Bayern Munich, but getting to the quarters, bit, yeah. they haven't done that in a long time. So um, it's a pity, but you obviously can't have everything.
2: So. True, then... You seem to miss out some games on that list of drop points mm. as well. I mean, the, the most glaring one that I think of is Leicester... Away, oh yeah, which yeah. was just you know scandalous, and he said that there was childish finishing. Yeah, um, obviously with the Burnley game on Boxing Day, they were two nil down. That, but it's still a game you expect yeah, United to win, and Southampton as well. they even, even though they've been a lot more consistent, and as he keeps on saying about more points, more goals, and this at the other, it's as if second <laughs> is the new first under mm-hmm. Mourinho. Um, that I can still see where he's coming from because he is striving to be. For, for that perfection and last season they did drop a lot of points against the, the relative fodder of the league and that is still there's a slight problem there but they are they're, they're kind of like end the way at it and getting rid of it at the moment Yeah like you said the, I
1: guess the, the season now is on that defining game against Chelsea that final as you said it's going to be Mourinho against Conte, it's Michael Oliver yes. and the we've got Matic against his former club, Herrera against Chelsea yeah. in the FA Cup again. to Lukaku yeah, as the, well. The fans that can actually afford to go to the final are yeah. going to have quite a treat, aren't they?
2: Yeah, the the, the ticket price is a, a joke. It, 77% it's, increase on some yeah. of them
1: for the same seat as they would have been sat in for that Spurs game. and
2: which, which is remarkable, really, and... Um, I mean United fans have said already that, and they've had there's been some of a response from the FA but it's just like, we'll consult fans mm-hmm. in the future as if they're amazed that there's outrage at tickets costing £145 uh, it's it is a, I mean you know, I think Kieran said it was the first time he covered a game at the New Wembley at the weekend and it's, it is there's still a bit of a buzz about it yeah. um, in terms of going there and certainly when you're coming down the Wembley Park steps the amount of people who are taking pictures from the distance <laughs> It has a slight slighter about it, but I think for those of us old of us who who remember going to the old Wembley yeah. compared to this one, it is quite soulless and just the whole Cup um, semi-finals yeah. at Wembley. It's it's not you know it's they they really don't help themselves. in like the FA Cup is a trophy that needs it's all it needs a new sheen every yeah. year, and they kind of just diminish it with um, these gestures. But there are a lot of Really good subplots, and I think the FA are quite fortunate that for the second year running you've got a really good final. I mean, I think fans are all for um, Minnows get going so far. We had it with with Rochdale this year, taking Tottenham to a replay, and a couple of other um, lower league clubs having really good runs. But come the final, you don't want a United Millwall final, or I think 2008 it was Portsmouth Portsmouth. Cardiff, which. You know, all due respect, the course, for the Cardiff <laughs> fans, I don't think many want that as the spectacle, so it, it is two really good footballing sides and as, as Kieran said, I thought Chelsea in that first half now, whatever it was at Old Trafford, were excellent, mm-hmm. certainly I think possibly second to City in terms of a period of play by, by an opposition side at, at United this season, they were really impressive and the game just got away from them in the second half I and mean, there was a misconception that uh McTomney had Hazard in his pocket like it was a, yeah, you know, it was a, a sequel to and, yeah, yeah. Like it was a sequel to Herrera's performance against him last yeah. season, which was it was nonsense. Um you know Hazard had the run of United for a good third of that game and he just faded in the second half because it was almost a pragmatism range. United got the goal. Mm-hmm. They're quite you know they, they they went into lockdown mode, a little bit like at the weekend I think when United got the goal at the weekend you just sense that they weren't going to let that yeah. slip because the defence was organised. Ashley Young wasn't going walkabout <laughs> or anything like that. Um, and and the league games between now and then, I don't think they're going to have a bearing because Chelsea are almost certainly not going to finish in the top four even though there's a glimmer of hope. They're left for them. Um, and United, it's, you know, second, has been theirs to lose for... Since about October, really, so it's it's just going to be on the day, really. What what happens there?
1: Yeah, it's like so I said, it's a game that both managers really need to win now to almost save their seasons as well. Both managers have that rivalry; they've got a point mm. to prove. Do you think it's got that extra edge? Can you must be very excited for the, for the final?
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's going to be Antonio Conte's last game in, in English football, isn't it? You, you would think, um, but it's interesting how, although he's kind of said United favourites and the same. Um, response, you know, he's very keen to play down that Mourinho rivalry, which was getting, you know, some scenes before they'd even come together for that second game, it was like, I'm going to have a word with him and stuff, it's a pity in a way that it died down, and I think that they both almost have an unwritten agreement not to um, wind each other up, even though it'll be a cup final, I don't expect I expect all the tension will be coming from us trying to build it up, but it's, um, you know they're they're two brilliant managers whose, whose records will will stand and um like you said there are just so many subplots. You got Murat who's, you know, probably had a an average season at best when you look at it whereas Lukaku, you know, the assists alone have been fantastic. Um so they'll both be up for it. It could well be Giroud who starts, he's obviously hurt United <laughs> from the bench before. Um you've got uh, Sanchez against Hazard right. there, are, there are loads of one on ones do you there. think
1: the fact that Chelsea lost the FA Cup last season yeah, was going I, to be playing on Conte's yeah I,
0: I think it would be they definitely went into that and I think everyone went into that thinking Chelsea were going to get the double Oh, oh and uh, win, win the Premier League and, and, and the FA Cup for I think that's only the second time in yeah. history And Arsenal it was, it was an amazing shock um, that so. was one
2: of the last great Arsenal yeah. performances yeah. under Wenger. Yeah. It's Murphs like you Sanker watched it and you and thought, oh, and... oh, Wenger will stay on now because he thinks he can, <laughs> he can do make them champions next year, and everyone knows it's just a full storm. Um, the thing I'd say about Murata, I mean, obviously, United fans have, have, have heckled him quite uh, deliriously in recent <sighs> months, but I, th- I mean, I might be wrong, but certainly from what I've seen of him this season his best performance was against United in that um, yeah in that Chelsea win at Stamford Bridge. He was brilliant and that day, I mean, Lukaku was hopeless that day, but he was in that run where he, I think it was just one goal in 12 and mm. obviously he's come on since then. I think this, when that decision was made by United, my gut instinct all along was that Murata, and still is that Murata is a better footballer, which I don't think many people dispute that. No, yeah. in terms of... The goal score. I think Lukaku is always going to comfortably have the edge on that. You look at Morata's goal scoring record at Real, at Juventus. I know he wasn't always a the first choice or a starter, but it is quite underwhelming. Yeah. And it's almost as if if he has a purple patch, he'll be linked with a club. He was linked with United in 2016, I think, after scoring a couple of goals mm-hmm. at, at the Euros. But he just doesn't have that killer instinct that. Lukaku does have, and Lukaku can be quite profligate at times. I mean, I, I don't know if the assist was credited to him at the weekend, but Actually, it was. Well, I, I, I don't know if Lingard got the deftest of touches. That was the the older, um, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. the thing about it. But it was like it was an assist by virtue of his infamously alright yeah. <laughs> first touch, which is still a problem in in certain games. And there's been there's been a small faction of Sir so United fans who would quite like to see the team have a sustained period without Lukaku in the team seeing where they'd go with Marshall up front or Rashford up front I think a lot of them are kind of holding on to that New Year's Day game at Everton which they won 2-0 with Lukaku injured and Marshall obviously scored as well Um, but Mourinho loves him I mean they've invested in up to £90 million for him and if he continues in the vein, um, the, in the goal-scoring vein of this season, then United aren't going to need a number nine for five more years. You've, you've pretty much got a figurehead yeah. for as long as at least Van Nistelrooy, which was uh, which was five years as well.
1: It's interesting what you said
2: there about investment as well. Of
1: course, some fans will be having one eye on the summer now, and reports suggest that um, City are to make a move for Jorginho in the summer and United maybe would go for Fred in that instance. No. Those
2: reports been on the in the end as yeah. well, Rich. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Gossip. I've realised I been yeah. through that. Yeah. A but, um, <laughs> no, so, no, no. with for United this summer is, as you said earlier, along with full-backs, is the, the main priority, really. Um, Fred, the red. Are we going with this or? Well,
2: yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good, it's a good back page headline. So, um, you can only yeah, see the social media. Th- I, th- I think fan. what what appeals to United is that a little bit like with with Sanchez is that they obviously. A lot of people expected Fred to go to City in January. Uh, City deferred on that signing because they wanted a Laporte in instead, which was understandable because I think Guardiola thought there's, a no- there's another left-back who can play there. Well, I don't think he'd be playing left-back anymore after what happened at Anfield. And United have just touched base since then and are very keen on him now. I think Shakhtar, because of their history of... Selling players at for very high fees. I think he's on quite a long contract as well because he signed one recently, and he's just got back into the Brazil squad. On top of that, so they they're going to command quite a high fee for him. And he's he's a very physical player as well. I mean, I was always with with Jorginho and United were looking at him. They still might be, but Jorginho always strike. He just strikes me as more of a Guardiola midfielder, um, whereas Fred because he's a physical imposing guy gets about the pitch he strikes you as a, as a Mourinho midfielder and obviously I don't think it's going to make much sense for United to get to uh, Fred types in so to speak I think they're going to need a bit of guile there particularly when you consider Pogba there is an over-reliance on him at the at time to pre- provide that creativity from midfield what I would say on that is that I think Herrera can, yeah. t- can do that role if it, he's allowed to I think that there's certainly been a restriction implemented there by Mourinho and that under him, Herrera seems to have been converted into more... It's just like a purely defensive midfielder, whereas in his first season at United he was running games against Liverpool and City in in an attacking capacity. But he showed at the weekend if he's got that licence, and he did have it because they would clearly... One of the tactics were to press Tottenham and prevent them from playing out of the back... And Herrera was allowed to push further forward and if he can be allowed to do that in the future then you can maybe justify just signing the one midfielder in the summer but Mourinho has obviously um, gone on record as saying that they want to if Fellaini goes and bowl accounts Fellaini is gone I mean he's approaching the last two months of his contract now I, it would be a surprise if suddenly United were to announce um, he signed an extension and I think among United supporters I don't think Many would be asked, would would be bothered if he's going or or not because he's been a decent player, yeah, but he's not. Team, new, but... Yeah, absolutely, he's not untouchable. Yeah, so, and it's interesting you said there about um, Fred make his way back
1: into the Brazil side. Do you think Mourinho's going to try and get most of his business done before the World Cup this summer, Kieran?
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. I think it's. Going to be such a tough summer that although you don't have that headache of signing a superstar forward now, haven't got the bonus of Sanchez. Um, you've got the new Premier League deadline, so you yeah. can't sign mm. any more players uh, after the first game of the season. You've the World Cup as well, so I think um, you know they're they're heading out in preseason. I think July the fifteenth, so I think that day will be in his mind like last season where you get try and get all your business done by then, as unrealistic as it might be. Say, if out of three signs he got two in by then, I think they're doing well. Um, but as I was saying, I think it's at least less glamorous positions and more functional players, and in theory, that makes it easier. But, um, for me, it wouldn't be a surprise if, like we've had previous summers, you just get someone completely left field, just drop in and buy what's what's yeah, exactly. It would not surprise me with one of those three positions if it's someone just no one saw coming because. As, as much as he's lost some of his powers in other aspects, I think recruitment-wise, he can still pull a rabbit out of the hat. and um, I could see that happen again this summer, even if it's not a name who's going to sell the 6 shirts, million yeah. shirts yeah. in, in uh, Mexico or something. Yeah. <laughs> that I think with,
2: with Matic, they pretty much agreed personal terms in yeah. May. Um, I think the season had just ended or was just about to end, but then he didn't come in until two months yeah. later. and That was partly because... Dyer was the first choice but Tottenham just weren't going to budge yeah. on that which I yeah. think you look at that from the outset and you just think well obviously they wouldn't budge because he's on a big contract yeah. and it's Tottenham, it's Daniel Levy whereas Matic was clearly attainable because for whatever reason Chelsea made that decision there so uh, you do wonder whether they're, they'll, they won't I mean United have wasted an awful lot of yeah. time on targets in the past you know from Ronaldo Bale Fabregas to guys like Pedro really Um, but if they don't waste their time there's a decent chance they'll get the players in but as Kieran says I think the World Cup is a complication because there'll be some players I think Griezmann's already said that he wants to his move concluded before the World Cup I think everybody knows he's going to go to Barcelona Um, whereas other players have said they want to wait until after the tournament and I think Stephen Gerrard has said in the past how it affected him going to a World Cup not knowing whether he'd be at Liverpool the following yeah. season. So it, it depends on the personality and the profile of the player as well. It's going to be an exciting summer for us all, I'm sure, anyway. And I guess yes. while
1: we're on to, a little look at the preseason tours was announced last week. United are going to play Milan, Liverpool and Madrid, I believe, is it? Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be more of the same. it be interesting, like you said, that the World Cup will sort of hamper with who gets a chance. United will be... Hoping to see, Well, fans are hoping to already see Gomez and John feature at some point. I'm sure the youngsters will get their, get their chance in the market.
2: Yeah, I, I think it might be more interesting than having a full squad because yeah. you have got uh, fringe players, or, or certainly in the case of those two young players, hopefully going on that tour. You, you'd think they would because, obviously, Sanchez or will, uh, will go, Juan Mata will because I don't think anybody expects him to be in the Spain squad. Uh, but it's just a good opportunity to take them and, and give them that exposure. I still suspect that looking at the World Cup, how it works out, you can see some United players going out on the group stage, having their three weeks off, and then they'll be at UCLA campus uh, training with their teammates. But it's, I, think, I certainly think with, with Chong, he's, he's a player. It's a testament to what a good talent he is that he had that knee injury, he was out for 10 yeah. months, he's come back in, he just he looks better than he was when he, when he first came to the club. And United have got a real gem there, and it's just, they've got to nurture him properly. And I think it's reassuring that Mourinho doesn't want another attacker. And he actually alluded, It he, he didn't name the answers uh, by name at the weekend when he was discussing... Um, the, the, those midfield transfer plans. be started talking about the evolution of certain youngsters, and you, your ears pricked up at that. As you say, does that mean you know Chong will he? I mean, he might make his debut next season, but certainly he needs to be eased in. And it, it, there's no good going out and signing a winger who's going to bed block him for yeah. five years or something like that. So that's that's quite reassuring. And as as I said, if he gets the exposure, that'll stand him in good stead for next season. Yeah, we have Chong FC will be taken over <laughs> next say, season. Let's hope not. let <laughs> really. um,
1: Can't ignore the big game coming up this weekend. United versus Arsenal have seen classic fixtures yeah. over the years. This could be the last one with Arsenal Wenger in yeah. it. And a real shame, the granddad of Arsenal FC. He's probably overstated welcome there a bit too long. But uh, it's going to be a shame to see him go and... It's going to be a new rivalry for Mourinho yeah. next season. Yeah, it's, it comes in.
0: it's weird because I, I often wondered as the years went on when he did step down with the immediate reaction to be, oh, what a revolutionary, yeah. or Jesus, you know, what doing for yeah. a decade, you know. So it's kind of nice in a weird way to, to see that it's been mainly positive and people yeah. remembering the good things because, uh, you know, what he did in the 90s was remarkable and into the, the early mm-hmm. noughties. And, um that Channel Five documentary was so amazingly timed that I wondered did they know something. <laughs> or, it was just uh, brilliance to to kind of watch some of those old clips back and things. But um, yeah, I think with, with Mourinho it, it it was an awkward one when he was asked about it because yes. this is he's he's been personal with a lot of managers, but Wenger, you know, literally pushing and shoving. Um, so I'd imagine he'll he'll go to great extremes after the game to him, and it'll be a bit sickly. But I think um, he's he's just been in one of those great Premier League characters, and uh, it'd be really intriguing to see who they get in, uh, because you're wondering are they gonna have a, a Moise like uh, scenario develop where you don't know how good it is to it goes, or will it be someone will come in and the the upturn and all those issues Arsenal have had for ten years will disappear and the mentality thing will will change, but. Um, You you would think United are a good two or three steps ahead of them, no matter who they get in for now. And uh, that's just been down to having uh, the right manager.
2: I think what's encouraging for Arsenal, it's not like Wenger's the kingmaker, like Ferguson, Mm so you're not going to have Remy Gard coming in to (laughs) to replace him. Um, Mourinho was, it was typical Mourinho when he was asked about it on Friday, that when his runnings were brought up, of which there have been many, and he I mean, he called him a voyeur, he called him a specialist yeah. in failure, and he just turned it on to uh, the reporter for saying, you know, "This is a typical question from yeah. you." The real pe, he said, the real football people, and he mentioned the players, the managers, and, and the referees. Weirdly, within the four borders, we we know what what Arsene Wenger stands for, which I thought was a pretty weird um, way to go about it. Cause he, one he didn't mention supporters yet. Yeah, typically supporters <laughs> would be having a go at us because yeah. of his response um, I mean watching that Channel 5 documentary as Kieran said you I think from a United perspective I think United fans would have remembered just how loathsome Arsenal were then uh, because really they them. yeah, oh, yeah right. just utterly detestable um, they had you know something about the way they celebrated or just the look on their faces but it was because they were such a Terrific side, um, and and Gary Neville's compliment was was one of the best uh, summaries of Wenger. In that you know he said Arsenal changed the way United played because they were so good, and he did have the edge on Ferguson uh, a number of times, and that eight year rivalry was an epic. Um, but it must have worried Arsenal fans when in in two thousand eight you've got Wenger and Ferguson sat at an LMA dinner looking like Morecambe and Wise and at that point you just think it's, yeah. it's game over because you're no longer a threat um, and it's just remarkable that Ferguson and Wenger there was a point where Wenger said I will not answer any questions about that man and then that man being Ferguson on Friday is talking about his colleague and friend and just you know, that that's not what Arsenal <laughs> fans want and kind of from United Uh, fans perspective you don't want it either because it was a great rivalry and if it can reignite somehow uh, down the line that that would be great because it gives us more to write about but it's difficult to envisage who those two managers are going to be but then again this was a guy who's come from Japan and the guy had come from Aberdeen on collision course I don't think anybody uh, ever envisaged that would be uh, one of the great English football rivalries but it will be good particularly on Sunday he's had some horrendous grief of united fans and one particular chant yeah. that has been repeatedly um chanted at him but i do think you know football changes and particularly given that he's he's quitting now um that he he will get a good reception also you know, arsenal's game sandwiched between the two outlets yeah. cam madrid ties so can imagine their team's going to be weaker than the eight-two side. So it's, like 8-2, yeah, it's, when it's, you saw the team
1: shoot that day, you knew something was going to happen. It's like a league cup team, yeah. wasn't it?
2: So I think it should be a relatively comfortable win for United, and it's a meaningless game for Arsenal because it's all about the yeah. Europa League and trying to find a way to stop Diego Costa if he's fit as well. It's gonna be a very
1: weird sort of atmosphere. Like Samuel said, there's gonna be
2: an interesting one. United, do you
1: expect the same sort of tactical approach as we saw against Chelsea then against Arsenal, or do you think? really might
0: change up a bit yeah I think it's he's very hell bent on getting this second position tied up so I think they're going to need a point to get top four and then I think if they win you know say if they it's two wins and a draw from the final mm-hmm. four and they've got second for sure or something like that so I think touching on the youngsters that um, you know if, if they had second sewn up by that Watford home game which is uh, Carrick's farewell game you could feasibly see a few of the young guys mm-hmm. get in Similar so that Palace Ethan, game. Hamm- yeah, yeah, Ethan Hamilton and um, with Chong, for example, I know Mourinho promoted Gomez, who I don't think had played reserve team football. He went straight from the under teams to the first team. That could well happen with Chong. You never know. So um, I think a lot of the academy kids, as much as they always cheer United on, will be really hoping they get over the line by that Watford game because he's shown already um, if there's a cup final after the last game of the season, he'll, he'll um, start a few of the kids. So that, let's hope that happens because it's, it's great to... You saw that Josh Hart moment. I know it didn't come 10th and ultimately, but that was that was brilliant just to see a, a kid who not many people knew outside of United uh, deliver like that. So more of that would be great.
1: Yeah, it gives that, that that sort of final last boost. I mean, when you finish a season on such a high like that, it gives the fans the, the excitement going into the to the new season, really. I guess that's what United needs they need to finish the season as much of the high as possible. We said that cup win will ultimately define the season for United, but they've progressed... Remarkably, under Mourinho so far. I think that's all we've got time for. I today. think so. I think we're all <laughs> chatted out, but um, as someone said, we've got an excellent piece on Eric by going on Tuesday, <laughs> on Wednesday. Sorry, it is Tuesday today. Um, we'll have more build up towards this awesome extravaganza on the weekend, and of course more build up towards the FA Cup final, which is looming now in May. Make sure to subscribe to us on Acast, the new uh, podcast service for Manchester United news, and
2: subscribe on iTunes as well. Thank you for joining us, and stick with us for more content on Manchester United.